Hey, good morning, everybody. It's good to see you this morning. We want to welcome you today. This is a beautiful Memorial Day weekend, and thank you for coming out to church this morning and being a part of this service. We're glad that you're here. If you're a guest with us this morning, would you take just a moment right now and pick up one of those connection cards. It's probably right in front of you, and just complete that. And when, uh, when the service is finished, take it to the back of the... Uh, uh, the information desk and we've got something for you there a little gift and we'll be sending you a note this week so we'd love to have you do that and and participate with us in that so but we are so glad that you're here on this Memorial Day weekend and so we thank you for that and um, we pray that God is going to bless you in special ways I want to read from the Bible this morning just for two or three verses, and so would you mind standing with me as I read from God's Word? I'm reading from Philippians chapter 4 and beginning in verse 6. This is what the Word of the Lord says. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than any human mind can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Good word for today. So let's pray together, shall we? Father, we thank you for each person that's come into this uh, house of worship today. Father, we pray that there would be a mighty presence of the living God among us this morning. We thank you, Father. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that you care for us. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ the Lord that you will surround every person with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Father, on this Memorial Day weekend, we thank you for those who have sacrificed so much so we can enjoy so many freedoms. But Father, we also thank you for Jesus who sacrificed his life that we might have everlasting life, that we might know the forgiveness of sins. And so Father, today on this weekend, I pray that you will, that you will come alongside us, you will encourage us, you will strengthen us. Father, I pray for each person here today that they would be able to walk out of this building this, uh, at the end of this service and realize that they have been in touch with the living God of all of the universe and that you have spoken into their hearts. And so we thank you today. We lift up the name of Jesus Christ the Lord and we pray in his name. Amen. Uh, this morning's message is entitled Total Surrender. And I know I, I like to start my messages off by telling you a little bit how God laid this one on me, and usually it's in advance, right, several weeks in advance, and I know when God gives it to me, I go, okay, that one's for uh, Sunday morning setting. And so I believe the Lord gave me this, and uh, so it's my uh, desire and trusting that if this is what the Lord gave me, it's because it's something that the Lord wanted to say to you. And so before we do that, before we get into God's Word, I just want to take some time here to pray and ask that the Spirit would, would guide us and lead us as we dig into His Word. So let's pray together. Father, we thank You so much that we can come before You as a congregation, and Lord, uh, for the freedoms that we have, and most importantly, Lord, the freedom to assemble here and worship You. 
We thank you for that. And God, I pray now as we open the word and, and you speak to us, I pray our hearts would be receptive. And Lord, you'd show us things in our life and things that you would want to reveal to us and say this is an area that, that we need to look at and, and talk about. And I pray, God, that you would you'd be doing that now in our hearts. And we thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. One of the key pieces of my message in regards to total surrender is uh, control. And uh, by show of hands, how many of you know somebody who struggles with control? Anybody know anybody? A few hands go up. How many of you are sitting next to somebody who struggles with control? <laughs> you both raised your hand. I may have just opened a can of worms for marriage counseling. But uh, Pastor Niles will be available after the service if you want to talk with him. You're on, oh, my bad, my bad. Controls in our human nature. Every one of us is going to struggle with it. Some maybe more than others, but it's a part of who we are. We're human beings. We, we have this part of us that wants to hang on and keep control. And that's in our flesh. That's in our human nature. And it's going to be important that if we're going to be people who walk by faith, which means to trust, there's going to be times where we're not going to have control. And we have to give that control over to the one who does. And so my focus today is on regards to surrendering all of that, every area of your life, unto him and letting him have total control. There's a story of two men that were in a hospital, and they were waiting for their wives to give birth to their new kids. And they came all prepared. They had everything packed. You know, everything they could think of. They checked it off the list. We are in control. And a third gentleman walks in, and he feels he's in control as well, and he sits down with the gentleman. They begin to talk about life, and they're excited about what's happening and where they work, and all of that's going down. And the doctor comes out and he tells the first gentleman, he says, hey, I want to let you know, your wife just had twins. And the man goes, that's amazing. I was just telling the guys, I work for the Minnesota Twins. Isn't that something? And the guys were like, oh, that's so neat. And off he goes into the room to celebrate with his wife and the two new kids. And the second gentleman, they're sitting there with the third and they're talking and the Doctor comes out and he says, hey, congratulations, your wife just had triplets. And the man that came in last, he falls over and he's on the ground. And he goes, how about that? I was just telling him I worked for 3M. And he goes, well, what's his deal? And he said, well, he just told me he worked for 7-Up. <laughs> Sometimes you're not in control. You might think you are. Would you turn with me to Mark chapter 10? Mark chapter 10. Quilters, I told you I'd work that one in one time, didn't I? Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 17. We're going to be looking at a man who Jesus reveals to him an area of control, an issue in his life that he needed to look at. Mark 10, starting in verse 17. The Bible says that as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, and he knelt down, and he asked, 
Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commands. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone, and you should honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. And looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There's still one thing that you haven't done. He said, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. And Jesus looked around, and he said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter into the kingdom of God. And this amazed them, but Jesus said again, Dear children, it is very hard to enter into the kingdom of God. In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter into the kingdom of God. Now the disciples were astounded, and they said, Then who in the world can get saved? And Jesus looked at them intently, and he said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but not with God. Everything is possible with God, or all things are possible with God. Then Peter began to speak up and said, we've given up everything to follow you. Yes, Jesus replied, and I assure you that everyone who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or property for my sake and for the good news will receive now in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and property along with persecution. And in the world to come, that person will have eternal life. But many who are the greatest now will be least important then. And those who seem least important now will be the greatest then. So looking at this passage, there's a few points I want to make in regards to total surrender. And the first one is this. Total surrender unto the kingdom of God, total surrender to Jesus will reveal where your treasure is. It reveals your treasure. Now, when Jesus was speaking to this man, the man was curious. There was something inside of him that wondered, what, what will it take to get to heaven? And Jesus begins to ask some questions, and it begins to reveal the man's heart. And he says, I've obeyed all these commandments. And if you look at all these commandments that he lists, it's how he's treating people. And what I gather here is that the guy seemed to be a pretty nice guy. He says, I've kept all these things since I was young. And yet, in the midst of that, Jesus says, yeah, but there's, there's something missing here. And the guy knew that too. Because when he was talking with Jesus, and Jesus lays out all these commands, he says, yeah, I've, I've done that. It's like he was leaning in further to Jesus, saying, I, I still feel like there's something missing. I've done all the things that the commandments list, but there's still something that I need. The man was missing Christ in his life. He was missing a changed heart. He might have been going through the motions, but his heart wasn't there. And Jesus then reveals that to him and says, listen, go sell all your possessions 
and give that to the poor, then you'll have what? Treasure where? In heaven. So what that tells me is that everything that he's got in his social class and all of that, he wasn't able to really see what was important and what really mattered in life. That's where his heart was, was in all of his possessions. He says, go sell all your possessions and give money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. You'll be able to see what really matters. Then come and follow me. Jesus revealed this man's treasure. In Matthew 6, 19 through 21, Jesus is giving the Sermon on the Mount, and he says, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, if you're going to focus on the kingdom of God, you've got to stop focusing on your treasure. And you've got to shift that to the treasure of heaven. And I want to tell you something right now. Treasure in heaven looks like this. It's real simple. It's two things, Jesus and people. And go invest like crazy in that right there. And you will be investing in treasure that will last forever. We can get so caught up in all kinds of treasure on this earth. We live in a culture that's so saturated with self that it becomes easy to focus on our own kingdom and our own worldly possessions, and the kingdom can start to fade due to all the noise. So I ask you today, where is your treasure? Allow God to kind of ask you that question in your own heart. Where's my treasure? Where am I seeking? What's my focus? Ask yourself these questions. My second point of total surrender is that it requires sacrifice. It requires sacrifice. We say that receiving Christ, it's a free gift, and it is. He paid the price for your salvation. But to surrender your life unto him, the disciples said they left everything to follow Jesus. Peter spoke up and said that. Lord, we've given up everything. There's a sacrifice involved in that. Say, it's not about me anymore. It's about you, Jesus. That's a transfer right there. There's sacrifice involved. And if you look at Luke chapter 5, you'll see a couple examples of when Jesus came to his disciples, and one was when the disciples were out fishing. And they catch all this fish, and the Bible says they immediately left their boats. They left everything and followed Jesus. When Matthew is at the tax collector table and Jesus began dialogue with him and said, Matthew, come and follow me, the Bible says that he left everything to follow Jesus. See, I think sometimes in our culture, the way the gospel's presented is this. Jesus is my get-out-of-hell-free card. I want him as my savior, but I'm not quite ready to make him my Lord. Does that make sense? It's like, I'll, I'll, I'll take him here, but I've got this stuff over here that I'm still going to hang on to. That is not the kingdom of God. You're all in. You can't ride the fence. You can't have him only when you... It's like, you've got to submit everything 
total surrender. And there is a cost to that. Jesus said if a guy's going to build a tower, you better figure out what it's going to take to do that. If you want to follow Jesus, evaluate, am I all in or am I just going to play around? You don't play around in the kingdom of God. You go all in. It requires sacrifice. Luke chapter 9, Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. And for whoever wants to save their life, you're going to lose it. You can hang on all you want to the things in this world. But if you don't have Christ in your life, it's all gone. Whoever loses their life for me is going to save it. This is Jesus speaking. He says, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very soul? There's a lot of things this world strives for, and if it's not Christ... When it comes judgment day, they're going to find out they sought the wrong thing. So I ask you today, are you ready to give up control? Is it worth it? Are you counting the cost? My next point in regards to total surrender is that it shifts your perspective. It's a change of perspective. When you go all in, God begins to shift your thinking. You know, the Bible says you get a new heart, and this heart desires to follow God and live in his ways. And when that happens, your perspective begins to shift and change. And you stop thinking like the world, and you start thinking like people who serve in the kingdom of God. So the disciples just got done telling Jesus they've given up everything, and they list all that we left this and this, and You know, we gave it all up to follow you, and then Jesus begins to lay out the reward. It's nice knowing what the reward is, right? We get eternal life. Hey, how many of you have ever, like, with kids, have you ever bribed them? Right? A few of you. Why was that like, no, maybe? I'll put my hand up. I've done that before, okay? And there's, there's a reward, right? Go do this, and we'll have a piece of candy. Okay, look, eternal life is way bigger than a piece of candy. And I want to be clear that I'm not saying Jesus bribes us with eternal life, but I think we need to understand there's a reward at the end of this life, which means that all the things we can focus on that don't matter, sometimes we need to get our eyes off of that and go, there's a much bigger, way bigger treasure in store. Jesus says you'll have eternal life. You'll have eternal life. And then he goes on to say that the greatest now will be least important then, and the ones who are least important now will be the greatest then. And so to me, that tells me that sometimes I think people that are on our planet are going to think that the kingdom of God is pretty insignificant. But if we focus on what matters, Jesus is saying, you might seem insignificant to the world, but to the kingdom of God, you're going to be doing great things. Huge things. Those who might seem least important now will be the greatest then. This past week, uh, KCCI did a feature on uh, Beacon of Hope. Anybody catch that? Okay, it was kind of a neat deal. And as I was watching, I thought, that fits perfect with my message on Sunday. So I contacted Eric Hansen from KCCI, and I said, can we play this on Sunday morning? So with their permission, I want you to watch this video, this feature called This is Iowa.
You'll find lots of generous silence all across our state. That's right, but Eric Hansen learned about a huge gift left behind by a guy in Fort Dodge who lived his life with next to nothing. It's this week's This is Iowa. A stone's throw from seven-foot-tall granite memorials, Rob Helgerson's shiny grave marker is shorter than the grass in Fort Dodge. If you find it, you'll learn Rob was an Army veteran but those who knew him... Oh, he was a character. He was small, thin. ...have so much more to say. He was very high-strung. Hyper guy. He had story after story after story that were just crazy stories. They heard them all. Rob showed up um, roughly four years ago. On their doorstep at the Beacon of Hope shelter. For two years, the homeless man no one even has a picture of slept on the hospital bed in the corner. He was full-blown cancer. And all the guys say he was rough around the edges. You know, some people aren't very lovable. But he kept telling stories. He was going to come into some money, and he always wanted to give back. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to come into money. Eric remembers that one, too. Yep, sure do. Almost as vividly as the day that homeless man walked into chapel with a letter. I was like, wow. I looked at the paperwork and I'm like, oh my gosh, four years, he's been telling me this is true. The Vietnam veteran whose worldly possessions had been stacked around a shelter bed was awarded a half million dollars. He was exposed to some chemicals which caused the cancer and there was a whole lot of people that were involved in this lawsuit. But he got the settlement and within weeks he passed away. In those last weeks, Rob Helgerson paid cash for his burial plot and plaque, paid off all his medical bills, and drew up a will. He was a very generous guy. The man who lived most of his life poor left $30,000 to help guys like Chad. I have been struggling with addiction uh, most of my adult life. Who work in the shelter's thrift store. The timing was perfect. Rob's gift became the down payment on a 6,000 square foot expansion, allowing the shelter to better support itself. Oh, exactly, exactly. And its residents to find their purpose. It's created a source of income for me. In life, Rob Helgerson's story has left a lot of people rolling their eyes. His gifts in death, you know, get me back on my feet, are a reminder. You can't judge a book by its cover because Every single person has a story. And Rob also left $5,000 gifts to the Almost Home Humane Society, the Fort Dodge Fire Department, and groups that give warm coats to underprivileged kids. Eric Hansen, KCCI 8 News, Iowa's News Leader. That's a pretty neat story. And what, what caught my attention with that is as I'm talking about total surrender changing your perspective. It was neat how the man was using the resources that had been given to him just weeks before he was going to pass away. I want to challenge us to understand that at any moment, we could be gone. So we ought to be using our resources with that perspective right there. How can we be blessing people right now? Because all that matters is the kingdom of God, not your own kingdom, his kingdom. And that needs to be our perspective, and total surrender will help you in that perspective. You know, what's sad in this story is the rich man walks away. 
because at that point Jesus revealed to him the idol in his life and it was his possessions and it was just too much. He wasn't ready to give it all up. And I know I've said this before, but let's just think about this for a second. The Bible tells us that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, right? Which means that anything we have is actually whose? His, which makes us stewards. So I want you to think about this. Jesus tells them, go sell all of your possessions, give it to the poor, and then you'll have treasure in heaven. But who's, who actually owned the rich man's possessions? God did. That's why I'm saying total surrender changes your perspective. And you go, it's not, it's not mine. It might be in my hands. It might be in my possession to steward, but it's not mine. Well, I worked hard for it. Well, the Lord certainly blessed you to have the ability to go out and earn what he's blessed you with. You might think it's yours, but you're a steward of what's his. And that's something, total surrender will shift your perspective on that. And it's huge. It's a huge shift. So I ask you today, what is your perspective? What is your perspective? Will you turn with me to Mark chapter 12? Go a couple chapters over and we're going to go to verse 41. Mark 12, starting in verse 41, the Bible says that Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple, and he watched as the crowds dropped their money. Many rich people put in large amounts, and then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Now Jesus called his disciples to him, and he says, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, as poor as she is, has given everything that she has to live on. I want to give you a little context of maybe what was happening in the temple. But there's theologians that would define men as zingers. And I think you maybe broke this down a couple of weeks ago. But in the offering collection, there would be almost like bull horns that would go up and they would throw their coins in and they could make a lot of noise when they would do that. And the idea was like, let's let everybody see what I'm doing, you know, making noise. And they would even like stand at a distance and, you know, make a show of it and, you know, three-pointer and... That kind of stuff. I'm assuming that's kind of what they're playing up as these people were making a show. And in comes this lady, and she takes her two copper coins. Now, I've got pennies, but these two coins, they were considered to be the lowest form of coin that would have been at that time. And so I pulled out the lowest coin of our time, a penny. Very insignificant. What she had would be like a fraction of a full day's wage. And so here she comes with two coins and humbly places them in the offering. And Jesus says, this is a teachable moment right here. You see all these guys that are making a show of what they're doing? And you just watch this lady. And Jesus knows everything about this lady and says she just gave everything. And it reveals to us where her heart is. 
And at that point, you could say, I think this is somebody who's all in. And Jesus, it's like a teachable moment with the disciples and saying, guys, I, I need you to be all in as my followers because it's going to take that to advance the kingdom of God. I need you to be all in. So I wrote some things down for us here today as my final points. Don't just make religious noise, live surrendered. Don't just make religious noise, live surrendered. We can so easily get caught up in all the motions, and yet at the same time our heart may not be in it. Don't just make religious noise, live surrendered. So some of these points here, it's my prayer that the Holy Spirit would just stir in you as I bring these out. If you've not done anything lately to advance the kingdom of God, you're focusing on the wrong kingdom. That's pretty blunt, but it's truth. If you're not doing anything lately to advance the kingdom of God, you are focusing on the wrong kingdom. Where are you giving your time? Where are you giving your energy? Where are you giving your resources? Where are you giving your focus? If it's not on the kingdom of God, it's on the wrong kingdom. God's going to ask you to give up things in your life that you might have a hard time letting go. Again, we're creatures of that control. You know, I, I want this. I got to hang on to this. It's my comfort zone. It's, we got all these things that we can hold on to, but God's going to ask you to give some things up sometimes that are going to be hard to let go. And my last thing is this, is things, things will remain unaccomplished in your life if you're not ready to give up that control. It's one thing to visualize what it would look like if you gave up control, and then it's another thing to actually give up control. And so my challenge to us today is to live totally surrendered because that is what is going to help us to be of greatest impact with reaching people, to be about the kingdom of God. And my response today is very simple. It's two things. If you're sitting here today and you've never surrendered your life to Christ, today's the day. In a way, I'm confronting you. And I'm telling you, it's time to be about the kingdom. And let's say you are a follower of Christ and you're listening to this message today. Is there an area of your life that, that you keep trying to take control over? Or an area of your life that maybe you simply haven't let go yet? but you're wondering what it would look like if you let it go, then I ask you to surrender that to him today. Don't leave things unaccomplished, but begin to allow God to work in your life. Connie, would you return, please? When I was getting ready to graduate from Buena Vista, 
there was just something about that whole process of saying I'm, I'm leaving kind of the school setting and I'm going out into the big real world. And there was, it just racked my mind and my spirit about what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And in the midst of that, I had this incredible burden and this incredible weight on my spirit. And God began to show me areas that I wasn't surrendered and submitted to him. I went through all the motions. I made the religious noise, but my heart was not in it. And so I say that story, I give that story to you to tell you that the Holy Spirit might be weighing on you right now in the very same manner he was weighing on me. And telling you, these are things that you need to give me. Will you let me have control of that? Will you submit it to me? Will you totally surrender and be all in for the kingdom of God? That's the challenge. Will you please accept that? Respond to it. Because at the end of our days, that is all that matters. What are we about? Are we about our kingdom or are we about his? Will you bow your heads with me as we pray together? Father, I thank you for your word and how you speak into our hearts and our lives. Lord Jesus, when you came to this earth, you surrendered your life so that humanity could be set free from sin. You made a way and to have eternal life. And we thank you for that. And now as people, we need to live in response to that. Because that moment in time shifted, shifted things forever when you paid the penalty and price for sin. And when you rose again, it was confirmation of the price that you paid. And Lord, help us now to live in response to the things that you've done for us. God, it's your love that leads us to repentance. And Lord, I believe with the message you've laid on my heart today, it's because there's somebody that's listening that says, today is the day I'm going to surrender it all. Deep inside, I know I'm not all in. Deep inside, I know there's things I'm hanging on to, sin that I enjoy, areas of my life that I still want control. But today, as I hear the word of the Lord, I submit my life unto his authority and I surrender it all unto him. If that's you this morning, if that's what the Holy Spirit is placing on your heart, in reverence with every head bowed and eye closed, Will you simply lift your hand this morning and say, that's me. I see your hand. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you very much. 
living surrendered unto Christ, saying, today's a day I give it all. For those who raise your hand, will you just pray with me in your heart as we, we confirm that desire and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for speaking to my life. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sin. And now I confess my sin and ask that you'd forgive me. And I want to live totally surrendered unto you. Today I make you my Savior and my Lord. And I want to live for you from this day forward. And Father, we just thank you so much for revealing in our hearts areas of control. And I pray that as we worship together, God, we, we would submit those things to you. And we say, I surrender all. And we thank you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.